0: duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The fight against tyranny just got stronger.
1: Hey y'all, welcome to Cross Baltic. Happy MLK Day on the Fight Laugh Feast <laughs> Network. Is, is it a happy Toby. one? I don't know. I don't is know. it a happy one? We're going to find out. Well, because not going to be happy after this. <laughs> we got good Dr. Pastor George Grant. Yes. We got our boy Chad and we got our boy Ad coming on the show to discuss: Should we be happy about MLK Day or not?
2: Right, and the civil rights—it's going to be a short show. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) Next. Samaritan Ministries, January 2024. Tired of someone else telling you where to go when you have a medical need? Are you ready to take control of your health care? Man. And it's time to take a look at Samaritan Ministries. It's biblical, affordable health care sharing with no restrictive networks. Here's how it works. When a medical need rises, you choose the health care provider that's right for you. And you have a say in the treatment you receive. Send your medical bills to Samaritan Ministries, and they'll notify fellow members to pray for you and then send money directly to you to help you pay those medical bills. Join 80,000 Christian households across the nation who who have already taken control of their health care. Go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash CrossPolitik. Let them know. We sent
3: you. They didn't even have a civil rights act or anything. They just take <laughs> just control of did it. Eight thousand people just like we gonna take. Control. Okay, it's good. I was it's talking to go. a
1: friend of the show last week, and he's just like, I am so done with my health insurance. I'm switching over to Samaritan. I like to think. I like to think it was because he's, yeah. you
2: know, it's uh, no. It's, yeah. This is but this is like also response to like. Everything (laughs) Medicaid, Medicare, Obamacare, um, all all this stuff. Full government over as Gabe mentioned, we're really grateful to have with us three guests on the show. I mean, this is this is a triple header. What I don't know what you (laughs) call this. This is this is a this is the triple threat. Um, So, uh, first off, grateful to have back our friend, um, Pastor George Grant, pastor of Parish Presbyterian Church, director of Kings Meadow Study Center, founder of Franklin Classical School and Bannockburg College, coordinator of the Chalmers Fund. Author of a gazillion books and a regular contributor to World Radio, George. Thanks for joining us on Cross Politics. He'll make you cry too.
4: <laughs> it's great to be with you uh, as always. Oh, always. Is that,
1: does that bio need to be updated a little bit, George?
4: Um, you mean to add some stuff, or or are you prepping for my funeral? <laughs>
3: No, Gabe. Of course not. No. I just feel like
1: there's a lot more going on with George. Yeah, well, so. maybe it's not public yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was trying to help you out, George. We're, we're, we're
2: also <laughs> really grateful. That's to-
4: all accurate. That's <laughs> all accurate.
2: We're also grateful to have with us our, our boy, our friend, A.D. Robles. He's a uh, Puerto Rican reformed <laughs> Christian. <laughs> <laughs> he he made us say that. He says you have to introduce him as Puerto Rican reformed.
3: Yep. Message.
2: Um, his family tree includes <laughs> African slaves, European slaveholders, slave traders, true. and Native Americans. Is that all true? Are you done? <laughs> is that all true,
5: Almost every Puerto Rican, yeah.
1: Wow.
2: wow. All true. This is his intersectional wow. bi- biography here. Um, all the usual accusations and insults don't work against him and his family. More importantly, he has a knack for teaching biblical concepts in layman's terms. A.D., thanks for coming back on Cross Politic. Glad to be here. Yeah.
3: I don't think we've ever read that bio here. I, I, know. Where, where, I know. Where did that I'm come
2: still, from? I'm still processing. I know. Like, I don't know what. Like, is he a good guy like, or like a bad Like,
1: like the Book of Philemon, just on both sides, yeah. all
2: over. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, we're gonna find out. Uh, also, grateful to have back our friend, our brother, Chad Jackson, a Dallas-based don't mess with Texas entrepreneur. That's and right. Research. We always gotta have somebody from Texas. Of course, George is from Texas yeah. too. That's right. Uh, he starred in the hit 2020 film Uncle Tom. Uh, and the subsequent 2022 film, Uncle Tom 2, he's a frequent contributor to podcasts, radio shows, news programs, and to the Uncle Tom YouTube channel, making the case for moral Christian ethics, family values, independence, and intentional citizenship. Chad, thanks for coming back on Cross Politics.
6: Thanks. I'm very happy to be here.
2: Grateful to have you guys. Now, um, so it's MLK Day. And this is our own version of, of celebrating it, um, I, I suppose. We're, we all went to work today. Well, um, we, yeah, we all did go to work. <laughs> um, everyone seems to be talking about um, about and around just the merits of MLK. That's, that yeah. seems to be like, like like all over Twitter and social media. It's sure. like, you know, everybody's got to say their piece. About you know what they appreciate, or maybe a, maybe a slight you know. Correction. Right now he's
3: taking some lumps. He's taking some lumps right now.
2: He, he, but he is starting to <laughs> take some lumps,
1: and and I think that was was that before or after the Gospel Coalition did a conference on him?
2: <laughs> as soon as as soon as <laughs> as soon as Christians start trying to keep up with the the world, yeah. it, it's yeah. not cool anymore,
1: right? <laughs> like, the Gospel yeah. Coalition does a conference on MLK, <laughs> and, and all the woke people are like, eh. we're done. Okay. It's not
2: cool anymore. <laughs> it's not cool anymore. Uh, he was a womanizer. It's so. It's been about seventy years uh, that we've had to see the effects, though. Of I think what we want to talk about today is the broader legacy, not not just MLK, but kind of what he represents in the civil rights movement. Yeah. yeah. And and we had about seventy years now, and, since
1: the legislation. Yeah. Yeah. Since yeah. legislation
2: and 73? and um, 74, 73, and, and there's and there's sixty four. Sort 64. of in this recent. No, the years. Oh, oh. I'm sorry, Pastor, go ahead. All right, all
1: right keep <laughs> I'm just, going.
2: I'm just trying to talk. That's all. Nothing important. Um, but I think there's a lot of, I mean, there's sort of a, a, a resurgence in conservatism. Yep. I'm um, talking about like, like, you know, it's sort of the red pill thing. Yep. Where, um, you know, you, you've been going along, trundling along, and all of a sudden, some of the things that you just took for granted are suddenly coming out and you realize, well, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Y- you did what with my country? You did what with my nation? You think What? Yeah. And I think, you know, COVID kind of did this with a lot of, um, of people like we're just, just sort of pulled, yanked the pants down on a bunch of people um, who you trusted. You thought that, you know, the church leaders, church historians, whatever, the social justice movement, I think, did this with a bunch of people. The their, medical establishment. The medical establishment. Yeah. But there's all these things. And there's always this temptation when a whole bunch of stuff gets, you know, yanked down around the ankles. And, and you think, you know, this happened even, um, Machen talks about this in Christianity and Liberalism where he says, you know, you know we, used, we were bleeding people. A few decades ago and all all, all of a sudden people are like oh (laughs) whoops (laughs) whoops that was wrong um and now everybody's just you just question everything and so a lot of people are really questioning uh the civil rights um uh, act and both of them the movement in there and, and it's and the movement surrounding and all its legacy and i think maybe what's brought it to the head for a lot of christians has been the way that's been weaponized now with the lgbt movement uh, right. We're where in the sort of cancel culture and all the rest of it where you have this, you know, if, if they can in, enforce, quote unquote, justice um, when when people are acting racist and being discriminatory um, with with black folk
3: or right. force you to make a cake.
2: Yeah. Then, then, well, then, well, then, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, well, then, you know, why not in these other minorities? This this tranny needs to, you know, swim in the in the swim meet uh, or go into in, your daughter's bathroom. Uh, yeah. All these things. People are beginning to connect the dots and say, whoa. Maybe this was a major um, mistake. <laughs> so um, th- that's broadly what we want to talk about and then maybe a way forward. But I want to begin with you, Chad. Um, uh, we've talked with you before more specifically about MLK and his legacy, and, and, and I'd encourage uh, listeners to go back and check out um, those conversations with him and check out all the, a lot of the work he's doing. But, Chad, I mean, I, I mean do you agree? I mean, it, why, is, the, is the civil rights legislation and legacy under scrutiny today? Um, and um, and if so, um, why do you think it is?
6: Yeah, it is under scrutiny, and that's for a number of reasons. Um, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, then it should be under scrutiny just like anything, as the Bible tells us, to test every spirit to see if it's of God. Um, when it comes to the civil rights movement, um, providentially speaking, I-, I guess you can find some kind of Silver lining or some kind of lesson learned from that whole thing, but in order to even have this conversation, it's important to understand first that communism or Marxism or globalism, whatever you want to call it, that is a story of the 20th century, and the civil rights movement is very much a part of that. It's not separate. It's very much a part of that. Mm. Um, what it did, what the civil rights act of 1964 did was it expanded the role of the government in the free market. Anybody who knows anything about communism knows that communists wish or hope or desire that the government will own the means of production. And so what the Civil Rights Act of 1964 did is incrementally expand the role of the government with it, with Titles II and Title VII, which once again fed, expanded the role of the federal government in the free market. Uh, People argue that Martin Luther King, all he wanted was equality, all he wanted was for the racists to get along, but the reality is, here's a man whose whole career was that of deception. He did not genuinely believe in the Christian faith. He says in his own papers that he rejected the deity of Christ, he rejected the resurrection as early as the age of 12. He did not, in fact, want to go into ministry. He wanted to be a professor, but he was advised to go into ministry. And it's from that respectability uh, posture as a pastor that he was able to subvert the, the Southern Black Church to uh, a- adopting the social gospel, which isn't the gospel at all. Um, this is a, a quote-unquote gospel that puts the onus on society to change, to accommodate me, uh, as opposed to calling the ind- individual sinner to repent and to make Christ your Lord. I listen to every second of every minute of every hour of Martin Luther King sermon that is in existence and not once did he call people to repentance mm. um, without, without attaching it to some kind of social justice thing. These are important things to take into consideration. I'm not sure why other so-called Republicans or conservatives, I don't consider myself to be a Republican, but I'm not sure why they are scrutinizing MLK and his whole movement, but my reasons are because it is at odds with, um, it it's it's at odds with with the faith which I hold near and dear, um, and especially a man who professes to be a pastor or a teacher. Uh, you know, anytime I present the information that I have to people, they say, "Well, none of us are perfect." To me, it's not a matter of whether one is perfect or imperfect. That goes without saying that we're imperfect people. But what he did was, uh. Use the respectability of the uh, of being a Christian pastor to to do something more sinister, and I think I mentioned last time, and I'll and I don't want to be long winded here, but you know, would people read the book by Walter Lippman um, called Public Opinion? In this book, Lippman says that if a leader wishes to uh, push a, a a policy or campaign, the way that that leader must do it is first and foremost use rhetoric. In language to get into the good graces of the masses. Once you've earned the trust of the masses, you can then push whatever campaign you wish, never mind the fact that it's disconnected from the initial rhetoric that you used in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what we've seen happen with Martin Luther King, unfortunately. These are important things to look at, not so you can look back and hate the man, but rather so you can be more conscious and aware of other social justice movements that are sure to come in the Western context.
2: AD, thank you, Chad. That's really helpful. Um, I want to come back to that. I've got a couple questions to follow up with you, but I want to get to AD. Um, Your thoughts, um, I think you're maybe even – Maybe you've been following some of like, the Christian nationalism conversation, I think even in those... Um, following was... it. AD's helping lead it. Oh, well, he's oh, he's is... the Pope of it. Yeah. A... Oh. I'm, I'm the Pope, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm a little behind. Sorry, I've been, I've been <laughs> watching Twitter close enough. I didn't know you got elected. Um, um, <laughs> elected? Uh, <and> ordained? <laughs> appointed? Um, so, I mean, uh, the civil rights movement, this whole legacy, certainly very much under um, scrutiny. Um, again, yeah. kind of similar question, is that just and and what are, what is your take on its legacy and 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 our and our um, what we should think of it?
5: A- absolutely, yeah. So so you know, I grew up. I'm forty forty one years old right now. So Woo! when I grew up I'm and sorry. I went to school, I, I went to school and I I learned about Martin Luther King, of course and. You know, he's one of the the the, the patron saints of uh, February. I think is Black History Month, right? So you right. you'd, you'd have your unit on uh, Martin Luther King for uh, you know four weeks straight and called it a day. Um, so you know that's that's how I grew up. I mean, civil rights were 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 not even it, w- it was not even questionable. Like it was just automatically that this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And so I, a lot of people that I know they grew up in the same kind of you know way where that was just unquestionable. And so I think um, what's starting to get people to question uh, what happened is exactly what uh, what, Toby, I think you said is is some of these things that are happening now with the LGBT stuff, with the baking the cake. You know, you got to bake the cake and it's because of the Civil Rights Act. And this is the same thing. And so that's starting to get people to wake up and say, well, well, hold on a second. You know, you know, there's obviously you know, there's obviously a difference between someone being black and someone being a homosexual. There's a big difference there. But but it's starting to get people to examine Exactly what actually went down there. Look, I'm happy that uh, that most people think that uh, that being uh, uh, racist is unacceptable. I- I'm glad, you know what I mean. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm, I I heard all the stories my grandfather told me of growing up in New York City and being a Puerto Rican in New York City. I I I understand. I'm glad people aren't uh, um, as racist as they used to be. You know, whatever. Um, but we can. I think we can pick this apart, right? it's good that people aren't acting racist as much anymore. Um, but it's not necessarily good that, uh, you know, if you own a restaurant that you're, you know, you're obligated by law, uh, to, to not be discriminatory. And, we're, you know, so I think that the thing is like people think you, 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 you get rid of the civil rights act and all of a sudden there's going to be a lot of whites only restaurants out there. There might be some, um, and, but I don't think there'd be that many, <laughs> just to be honest, because people like money. Yeah. Um, you know, so so I, I think I think people are starting to reexamine, like maybe this whole thing was a bad idea. You know, it's it, it, you know, maybe the the from a social perspective and how people interact, you know, maybe it's better now than it used to be. But what about this government stuff? Um, so absolutely, people are looking at the foundations of this. And uh, once they do, they don't like what they see. They, I think a lot of people in my circles kind of understand that the that that the Civil Rights Act, in effect, overturns a lot of the Constitution, which right. doesn't make any sense at all to them, right? Yeah,
2: doc, Doctor Grant. Um, so you're, um, you, you know, you're, you you get to. He's the OG. You're the, the OG, yep. and so you get to come in and back clean up here and and tell us how we're all wrong. Um, <laughs> but you 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 grew up in, in this, and I'd love to hear a little bit about um, about that. Your experience as as a, as a young boy and growing up in in, the, in a rapidly changing world, but then. I guess, what's your take? I mean, you've you've got to see sort of a whole gamut. and um, what's what's your assessment of the legacy of the civil rights movement?
4: Well, I grew up in the South, and I grew up at the time that all of the events of Martin Luther King's um, journey from Montgomery uh, through to the national stage took place. And um, you know, there are so many things that are admirable about what it was that he purportedly was seeking to do. Um, and w- whether that's the silver lining or the fact that supposedly, at least selectively, most people think racism is uh, a bad thing. All, all of that has been beneficial to us as a society. I, uh, I have to say, first and foremost, I wish we were celebrating Booker T. Washington Day uh, or uh, George Washington Carver Day. <laughs> because uh, then we'd be grounded in biblical orthodoxy. And the truth is, is Martin Luther King Jr. was influenced, uh, had to have been influenced by Booker T. Washington. Unfortunately, he was also greatly influenced by W.E.B. Du Bois mm. and Uh, He was greatly influenced by Washington Gladden and Harry Emerson Fosdick, the social gospel movement. And the beginnings, the earliest beginnings uh, from uh, Greenwich Village crowd, uh, the, uh, you know, Will and Ariel Durant and Edna and Vincent Olay and John Reed, the beginnings of importing Gramscian uh, sorts of, of social and cultural Marxism. So um, it's a real mixed bag. And it was a mixed bag for me growing up. I uh, had great sympathy uh, for the uh, stories that were being told of of prejudice and segregation and abuse. Uh, And yet at the same time, I was beginning to learn a lesson that I now use All the time as I teach my students. And that is simply this the right thing done in the wrong way always results in disaster. Hmm. In many ways, what we have attempted to do in writing wrongs in 20th and 21st century America, and there have been a lot of wrongs to write, is that we've gone about it in the wrong way, in contradistinction to our uh, dearest held principles, whether they're constitutional principles or the moral principles that arise out of a biblical ethic. And th- that becomes the real problem. And it's not just with civil rights. Uh, it's it's across the board. Uh, I, I wrote a book about uh, 30 years ago uh, called The Family Under Siege. And one of the things that I said in the introduction is almost all of us agree on what the problems are. Where we really disagree and when where our worldviews clash is what we think the solutions are. Hmm. And so I think that um, we have to exercise discernment. And if God is calling us to a new day of reformation, then we need to get down to the foundations, uh, look at the principles, right the wrongs, by doing what is right in the here and now.
3: Dr. Grant, I gotta ask you, do you think that the, or how do you think that the civil rights movement um, has led the uh, the way for the LGBTQ, or like I like to call them, the Legitibiqua movement and the whole sexual revolution to get its tentacles inside of the evangelical church?
4: Well, I think that what, um, the strategists from ACT UP in the 1960s and 70s did uh, from the Stonewall movement. What they did was they looked around for a strategy that would work. This is uh, classic cultural Marxism. Antonio Gramsci realized that barricades in the streets and uh, an economic theory was not going to bring about the revolution that he was looking for. And so uh, he began to theorize uh, this is picked up by the Frankfurt School and Columbia University, and then eventually, you know, it spreads uh, through uh, people like Marcuse and um, a, a host of others. Uh, the The idea is, you uh, you can change a society by uh, attaching yourself to certain sympathies, making those sympathies the new orthodoxy. And, uh, and then just pounding that over and over and over again. And so I don't want to blame the LGBTQ movement on the civil rights movement. There, there are plenty of things uh, that uh, the civil rights movement did that uh, that paved the way for this. But um, I don't think Dr. King or anybody else expected that we'd see what we're seeing today with uh all of the, uh, you know, intersectionality and, and all of the rest. Um, I do think that all of what Dr. King did has been exploited by people who Dr. King would have disagreed with for all of his heterodoxy and for all of his sympathies for uh, radical socialism and social and all of the rest. He, he was still... Uh, kind of an uh, an old-school Southern man. And I think, uh, although this is just pure speculation, uh, I think he would have been horrified in the same way that I think he would have been horrified if he really knew what was going on with Planned Parenthood, Uh, even though he actually embraced and endorsed Planned Parenthood um, during his lifetime. I think if he knew what they were doing today, he, he would be horrified.
1: Chad, um, uh, Dr. Grant pointed out, you know, doing the right thing the wrong way is, is devastating. Um, so, you know, you're Martin Luther King Jr., you're MLK. How do you lead a civil rights movement? Don't, don't insult him like that. I, well, I, I, Maybe I'm in wow. total. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I'm, I'm throwing him a hardball. What, what, <laughs> what kind of parties you have yet Chad? What kind of parties you have? How, how would you, what would you be thinking? If you became the leader of the civil rights movement, how would you be leading the movement?
6: Well, first of all, I think people make the mistake of, um, you know, when it comes to thoughts about the civil rights movement and the fact that you had some of these Jim Crow laws, uh, some of which were repealed, or sunsetted before Martin Luther King stepped onto the scene, but that's a different story for a different day. Um, But when it comes to thinking about the civil rights movement, typically what scholars do and what lay people do is they bring up the binary between Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. And the belief is that these are the only two people who had an idea of how to go about this, and that couldn't be any further from the truth. Uh, A lot of people don't know the name Joseph H. Jackson, Joseph H. Jackson was the head of the NBC, the National Baptist Convention, which boasted about 7 million uh, Negro churchgoers. And he was a believer in the fundamental Orthodox Christian gospel. He was so passionate about the gospel, he went around the world preaching the gospel, even going to the Soviet Union Hmm. to preach Jesus. This is who Joseph H. Jackson was. Um, Martin Luther King and his contingent wanted to oust him as president of the NBC, and they wanted to in a sense shift the beliefs of the NBC to being more accepting of the social gospel. They tried this. They were unsuccessful in doing it. Martin Luther, there was a, a brawl of, of sorts. Uh, it's probably not fair to call it a brawl, but there was a fight on a stage at one of these conventions where a minister was pushed off the stage and died a few days later because wow. he hit his head. Wow. Because of this whole debacle, Martin Luther King and his contingent were kicked out of the NBC under the behest of Stanley Levison, who was Martin Luther King's kind of publicist, um, who was also a uh, treasurer for the for a communist front group in New York, um, Stanley Levison advised that they start something called the Southern Leadership Conference. Then they later changed the name to the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. That's how you get the, your SELC, and then you get SNCC and other such uh, you know sub organizations. So, what's the difference between Joseph H. Jackson? who is just a footnote today, but in his day was the most popular black pastor in the world. Um, More popular than Martin Luther King. Uh, so, So why is it important to bring up someone like a Joseph H. Jackson? Well, Jackson's way of going about receiving civil rights for black folks was a continuation of what Booker T. Washington had done prior to 1915, prior to his death in 1915, this whole concept of casting down your bucket where you are, this whole concept of it's on you to be a man of integrity, to uh, be responsible for what happens in your life and for pursuing skills and talents and this, that and the third. And to the, you know, with regard to your social status, people will learn to respect you when they see that you are doing things the right way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Such was the case for other ethnic groups in this country. And as as it turns out, um, so his 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 prediction turned out to be true even in black America, as Thomas Sowell points out, with the ascension of of blacks in America, uh, as far as the social order of things are concerned, uh, because people were becoming f- more and more familiar with each other in the marketplace and, and this that, and the third, even in the South. Um, at least that's what my research re- reveals. Um, so again, when it comes to Joseph H. Jackson, um, there was an issue, and I think I mentioned this last time on the show, there was an issue where there were a bunch of sharecroppers in the South who weren't getting their due. They were being cheated by uh, some of these farmers, just that and a third. And what the NBC did under the behest of Jackson is they bought 400 acres of farmland, and they allowed these Negro sharecroppers to work the land without charging them rent. And to the extent that they were able to raise money from their crops, they were able to then buy uh, land, to where they can move from being sharecroppers to farmers these are the ways in which jackson sought to to uh, uh put blacks in a situation to where people other people's discrimination doesn't quite matter because as you know the great philosopher booker t i'm, I'm sorry uh denzel washington says <laughs> you can't legislate love you can't legislate someone into loving you uh washington understood this Malcolm X even ironically understood this. There's other there's other people on different sides of the political spectrum, uh, Barry Goldwater, uh, who understood that you can't legislate people into loving you. And to the extent that you do try to do this, it's only going to create more agitation and more t- turmoil uh, because things are complicated, complicated in this way. And so to the question of, of how would I have gone about involving myself or engaging in this whole matter of civil rights, I'm more in line with with someone like a Booker T. Washington or a Joseph H. Jackson, uh, more so than someone like a Martin Luther King.
3: Okay, uh, just you said that you can't legislate people into loving you, Chad. I'm sorry, I have to disagree with you. The Democrats—he's got proved, daddy issues. The, obviously, the, the Democrats does. have proved that that's <laughs> very possible. Uh, <laughs> Chad's got major daddy issues. <laughs> love, love is love. Love is love. I, I do want to, Ad. I want to bring you into this, and I want to ask you know. So this is kind of piggybacking a little bit off of, of what Chad was saying, but. We we really did have real problems. We really had real real issues going on. If you don't have the Civil Rights Act, what do you replace it with? If you say, "Well, no, we didn't need the Civil Rights Act." I guess the question is, did we need the Civil Rights Act? And if we didn't, what do you replace it with?
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good that's a good question. So, what I was thinking when Chad was talking is that the the approach that 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 he was talking about there where, you know, you buy you know, 400 acres and you work it and then you make money and then you buy more more land and you work it. That approach, um, it takes time. You know what I mean? It takes time and it takes a whole lot of effort. And it's a slow roll. You know what I mean? It's not cataclysmic. Um, so, you know, do do you have to replace the Civil, Civil Rights Act with something? I'm not so necessarily sure you would have to replace it with anything. Um, but but you do have to replace it with with things like that that take maybe it takes a couple generations over time and you know you've got these you've got you know 800 acres and then the next generation you have double that and and now all of a sudden you kind of have to integrate because you need workers for this 1600 acres that you have or whatever it is and you're working together and, and you're making money together and you're working together like it's not it's not uh it's not sexy it's not like this big thing where you can now now you're the president and you can take credit for this civil rights act you know, you're, you're a congressman, you could take credit for an act. It's it's a whole bunch of people that probably don't get a whole lot of credit. So nobody wants to do it. Um, so you don't really have to necessarily replace it with a government action, but you do have to replace it with uh, with 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 a lot of work that takes time that you might not even ever get to see the results of, you know, that that approach of buying acres, you know, the people who initially bought it, they'll probably be dead by the time that actually works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's actually something that has staying power. You know it has a story behind it it has like a multi-generational kind of approach you know that, that that's what i think you know you replace it with it's not a government action
3: and nobody uh, likes uh, that uh, answer uh, AD. Uh, just so you it's know it's a
5: terrible answer for it's a terrible answer cuz nobody gets credit yeah you know what i mean and, <laughs> well, I gotta, and, I wanna and ask, you know
3: i'm going to ask dr grant cuz i didn't like that answer but anyway I'm, I'm, go ahead i was <laughs> going i was going
2: to ask him a question too but uh, first uh, tactics conference is coming up this week this week we
1: this leave week. on friday
2: Uh, Learn how to build Christ's kingdom from those who are doing it, or at least trying to. Join C.R. Wiley, the campus preacher, Keith Daryl, Gabe Wrench, Chocolate Knox. You're going to be there? I'll be there. I'm going to be there for two days of boots on the ground training on how to take your community for Christ. Great talks, great food, and great people, at least most of them. Um, Come see us in Lafayette, Louisiana. Lafayette, Louisiana. It's only two and a half hours east of Houston, Texas. Gabe, are you going to run over to the promised land while we're there? It's only two and a half know. hours. It just
1: depends on how good the Bodane is Okay. Lafayette. Ooh.
2: Okay, so we're there January 19th and 20th. Take note, seating is limited. I guess there's still some room. We're still reading this ad. Families are welcome. Come experience some Cajun hospitality uh, while we labor together to build the new Christendom. Beer and Psalms, panel discussions, Cajun dancing, and more. Go to TacticsCon, tacticscon.com. To buy your tickets today and use the coupon code FLFPUB to get $20 off your ticket price. That's TacticsCon.com. Nearly free. And we'll see you in South Louisiana this weekend. Mm,
3: do you want to go to war? Because we could go to war. I'm for <laughs> real. I'm for real. Hey, Dr., uh, I know you got a question for Dr. Grant, but I want to, no, Dr. Grant, would you pr- answer I'm that question ask too, the same question too that I asked AD? Uh, you, <laughs> did, did, we need a, did we need a Civil Rights Act? And if we didn't, what do you replace it with?
4: Well, mm-hmm. you know my podcast is called Resistance and Reformation. Reformation is a long, slow process. I think AD has nailed it, uh, and I think yeah, I, I think in. Chad nailed it. Yeah. What we've got to do is we've got to build a culture. What we've got to do is we've got to build communities of of strength and valor, and we do that the slow, old-fashioned way. the The thing about revolution is that revolution is always impatient. It always wants things instantaneous. That's why revolutions are so destructive. In order to have instantaneous change, you have to tear everything down first. Uh, Reformation is a lot slower. You work with uh, the materials that you have at hand. Uh, you begin to to incorporate basic principles of ingenuity and creativity. This is what Booker T. Washington did. When he was uh, sent to Alabama from Virginia uh, to establish uh, Tuskegee Institute uh, based on a law that was passed by Alabama. There was no land, there were no students, uh, there was no money. Uh, he, he had to hard scrabble the whole thing together. Uh, eventually, on this more than 1,000 acre campus, uh, buildings were built. How were they built? Students made the bricks, queued the timbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they learned how to make mattresses and pillows. They made they grew the food in the garden that was served in the cafeteria. It was slow, it was hard, but it uh, it accomplished what Booker T. Washington was after. and that was uh, he wanted to make a people who would be indispensable to their communities. Mm-hmm. When you make yourself indispensable to your community, all of a sudden, Prejudice, however deeply ingrained, starts to just melt away, um, and you, uh, you you love your community well, and your community will eventually uh, turn around and and love you as well. This is part of the reason why uh, Teddy Roosevelt was so enamored by Booker T. Washington, as uh, as Teddy Roosevelt said, "Here is the greatest single American story." Of our entire history, hmm. Booker T. Washington taking the cloak of Strabo off of the brow of the dispossessed and demonstrating that over the long haul, reformation really works.
5: Mm-hmm. Let, let me let me jump in here real quick because this is. I think we I have a good example here because I would really like to be discriminatory. Like I would like <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would like Your to message. discriminate against.
2: Your ancestors were like... slave traders
6: <laughs> That's true, yeah,
5: it's coming out right now um, Like when I go out there and I want to buy a smartphone I would love to discriminate against these wacko, liberal, you know, you know, you know woke people When it comes to buying a smartphone But the, the truth is, the best smartphone makers are all wackos <laughs> And so you know what? I've got to play nice with them <laughs> You know, and if I want to have a smartphone And it's, it's as simple as that. Like, they're just really good at doing that. So like, you know, listen, the reality is like, like, if you make yourself indispensable in this way, um, a lot of that stuff that, you know, they might harbor, you know, secret, you know, animosity towards you, but they don't act like it. And the thing is, you can't, you can't force someone to love you. Like, like, uh, like Chad said, you just can't, it's not possible. But, um, a lot of people might not like me, but they act like they like me when it comes to the business I do because I do a good job for them. Yeah. You guys
3: keep saying that you it's can't force anybody bad. to love you. But have you seen how black folks love the Democratic Party?
6: That's one thing that Martin Luther King did do that I, I think is, uh, I guess, in the job description of a pastor. He was able to uh, officiate the wedding between black folks and the Democrat Party. And what Martin Luther King uh, brought together, let no man separate, apparently, because we've been (laughs) voting 90 plus percent for the Democrat Party ever since. Uh, Um, And, and, you know, jokes aside, jokes aside, I mean, the fact is, when you look at Democrat and Republican, Republican Party, in my opinion, is no better. mm -hmm. Uh, You don't have a Civil Rights Act of 1964 without the uh, without the Republican Party. Uh, without Republicans within the Republican Party right. Robert La Follette this in his day um, in the early 20th century was a Republican and he was that era's version of Bernie Sanders um, and so again Republican and Democrat at the end of the day doesn't quite matter because most of your Republicans and Democrats today are not Republicans and Democrats based upon some kind of principled philosophy of what they believe they are a Republican or Democrat because they don't like the other side. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they genuinely believe. Um, and so, you know, my political evolution is a very interesting one because my politics is downstream of my faith. Um, and foolishly, naively, I thought that the Republican Party, yeah, here's, you know, they believe what I believe in terms of my faith. Is It couldn't be further from the truth. Um, the Republican Party has done a very poor job of conserving the Constitution. We're a runaway train at this point in, in our history as a country. As far, you know, When you look at the Constitution and you look at where we are, we're a runaway train with the bureaucracies and everything else that's going on. And the Republican Party isn't trying to fight to get back to the truities of the Constitution. You have people ever now and then who are trying to fight that good fight. I believe that the late Justice, Justice Antonin Scalia was one of them. But again, I think that There's no one Republican or Democrat, in my opinion, uh, from an elective, uh, any of our elected officials who are who are fighting that fight. So (laughs) this is why I think the whole Republican Democrat thing is a sham.
3: So you're not voting for anybody then, right? You're just not voting this year.
6: I didn't say that. (laughs) I I think it's my responsibility as a man in America to um, to exercise my civic responsibility. Um starting at the local level, I think we take for granted how important Banks. local government is um and then you know working your way up to the federal um, level but it's important to do your research on who these people are, but at the end of the day you you dig you do get kind of discouraged the more you learn about who these politicians are, who's funding them, what their real agenda is, but you still have to vote um so it's it's unfortunate, but that doesn't mean that you retreat or or throw your hands up so. Uh-
3: um, Pastor, did you have a question? Because yeah, go, I, go, ahead, go ahead. No, no, mine might be better for the last
2: question. I want to come back to Doctor Grant. So you said a little bit ago that um, solving—I'm um, oh, going to—I'm going to botch it—but the um, the right problems with the wrong solutions um, creates disaster. Something like that.
4: Yeah, uh, doing I, the right thing the wrong way there always go. results in disaster. Always. Yeah, and It's part of the reason why Christians. Tend to muck things up all the time because they may have the right sentiment or the right emotion. Uh, they may even have a moral principle that they're fighting for, but inevitably we ape the way of the world and we uh, attempt to utilize worldly tactics, and that's just the wrong way. And it results in sometimes hilarious uh, disaster.
2: Mm wait you you said I, I i wanted to ask you a que- question but what like can you give us an example
4: an example wait, of doing the right thing in the wrong way no but but oh, re- with resulting in hilarious results sh-
2: with hilarious results yeah, you said hilarious results <laughs> oh I, 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 sure gospel coalition uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. silver hallelujah Gold,
1: hallelujah good hallelujah <laughs> Well enough
2: Okay, that's that's good. So I mean, I, I, and I think you already are, already touched on this, but um, you know, here here we are, 2024. I mean, it's it's um, you know we just touched on politics with Chad. I mean, it's 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 heating up um, to be kind of just kind of a nutso circ- another gospel coalition. Yeah, like yeah, gospel coalition on steroids uh, with you know just just all, all the I mean all the political um, craziness. Um, we, you know, we, we talked about Tuskegee Institute, we've talked about, um, you know, just, just um, even, which I was just saying about local politics, um, you know, and, and I appreciate what, what AD's getting at in terms of, you know, just even just the practicalities of of those things that are useful and and how that tends to break down certain kinds of, of divisions. Um, what is your counsel um, to Christians who strongly believe that the civil rights legislation— was a massive mistake. It took away constitutional rights. Again, trying to do the right thing, maybe in some ways, but but failing miserably, creating these disasters uh, of 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 this you know LGBT um, you know uh, cancel culture and and people you know bake the cake, you bigot, this kind of thing. Um, where do we go from here? How do we how do we untangle ourselves from this? this bureaucratic um, mess?
4: Well, one of the things I think that's really important for us to do is to not think that the answer to everything is politics. Mm
1: -hmm. That's
4: right. If we constantly think, okay, well, we've got to fix this political mess by using politics to fix it, we've fallen into the same trap Mm. uh, that every generation before us has fallen into, uh, the solution to the grave problems of modern america uh, are all uh, relational uh, they're community oriented they're they're related to uh, the way we utilize mediating institutions in society so bottom line we need strong dynamic churches that are engaged in teaching Uh, fathers and mothers and children and single adults, how to have a biblical worldview about everything that they do in life. Uh, We need to build small businesses uh, that have a biblical perspective of wealth and poverty. Uh, We need to have outreach programs that are not rooted in bureaucracy, but that are rooted in relationship and discipleship and accountability. In other words, we need to stop aping the world and start doing our job. The church hmm. is plan A. There is no plan B. It's time for us to go to work. Hmm. That's Wait. called reformation. Oh, wow. No, nah,
3: I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <I'm>, I... <laughs> hey
6: want you want a microwave answer? Damn, uh, oh, so, oh, dude, uh,
3: how did you know that's exactly what was in my head? <laughs> I, and I'm not even, I'm being funny, but I'm not being funny. When you look, this is the, I, and, and I, I get it. We live, I'm starting to read um, Gerard, and he talks about envy. And envy, I, I never noticed how much envy how envious I am! Forget how everybody. I mean, how I am just breathing the air of envy all the time. Mm. When I see somebody else getting ahead, and I see how they're getting ahead, I'm going to stop what Dr. Grant is talking about doing—just putting your hands to work where you're at, getting to know people, making glass for people's trucks. That doesn't seem like it's doing anything big. Look how this person is just taking off when they do this, and they're getting all these likes, and the social media thing is blowing up, and they're they're getting their message out there. I want to I want to do that. That thing, Because it seems like it's working, Dr. Grant. It seems like that the other side is getting their message out faster, stronger, and more uh, effective than we are. And you want me to kind of disengage and go and read books to my kids at night? Like, what is that? What, what are you talking about? What am I doing? They're winning over here. How is that the well, key to success?
4: Well, one of the things that I would say is, first of all, they're not winning. Just look around. The House of Cards is collapsing Mm. at every turn. It's not working. Nothing is working. Uh, All you have to do is is, uh, try to do anything at the post office, and you realize, okay, there's nothing that is working. Uh, Go to to the the behemoth public school with with the incredible facilities and all of the rest, and nothing is working. So what we've got to realize is big – uh, doesn't make it something that uh, that it is actually functional and, and working. Um, you know, one of the largest churches in Atlanta, Georgia, is Ebenezer Baptist Church, church with great history and uh, an incredible legacy, and it is so full of rot uh, and, and moral corruption, uh, and you can't tell me that there's anything that is working there uh with uh Pastor Raphael. Knox, mm. mm.
5: uh, are Knox. Are you are you let me ask you this. Are you are you basically saying like you want somebody Im- imagine this? Imagine this, Knox. Imagine a politician gets up there and he just says, I gotta level with you guys, you know. The Civil Rights Act, hey, listen, we're glad that that the races are getting along, you know, we're glad that things are are different now. But let's just with all this LGBT stuff, that was that was a mistake. We need to get rid of that because look at what's happening now. Look at look at look at the, look at the transsexuals trying to get in the bathrooms. All this stuff. We just got to we just got to make this happen and repeal it. Is that
3: what you're looking for, Knox? I just, I just, yeah. Did you just be honest, a Christian prince? Just level Christian with prince? us. You just, you just, did you just define a Christian prince? Yes. I want <laughs> a Christian Something like that.
5: No, I'm, 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 kind of. But that's the thing. Nobody wants to level with us because, because it's, a, it's, it's, there's still a fear. And listen, it's, it's going away. I think a lot of people are less scared of this than ever, than ever before, but people are still scared of being called a racist. You know what I mean? They're still scared of being called a whatever, bigot, this and that. But that fear is going away. And I think someone eventually is going to level with us and just be like, look, this was a mistake. This, this actually, the, 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 the founding fathers had a good idea in the beginning. We didn't have to go and overturn all this uh, in order to get to where we were. I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a mistake. And, you know, we can be honest with ourselves. We, maybe our hearts were in the right places. Maybe they weren't. And we're glad for the good things and we can just get rid of the bad things.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the things I I think that we can readily acknowledge is that the federal prison system is unbiblical, top to bottom. Facts. Um, Do we want to abolish it tomorrow? Just (laughs) open up the prisons and let everybody out and just say, oh, well, this whole thing was a mistake, so just let them all go. No. What we've got to have is we have to have reformation. Do we want to get rid of the federal prison system eventually? Yes. But we have to do things to prepare for that. We're not ready for a biblical system of justice. Mm. So what we do is we've got to model it. And I think what, uh, what Chad and AD have both said is that it starts at the local level. It starts with doing the small thing. It starts with healthy mediating institutions in society And we we start knocking these things out at the local level. When Booker T. Washington said, make yourself indispensable to your community, he was essentially saying, start at the local level and make such a difference that you make those upper layers so irrelevant that they they have to be pushed away Mm. so that someday we have somebody stand up uh, with... You know, articulation and clarity, and say, okay, we're ready. Let's start knocking some of this stuff out and really drain the swamp. Mm. Right.
5: This is why you got to bring on every show one at least one guy with white hair because he's seen a thing or two and he could bring that wisdom. You know what I mean? Yeah,
3: absolutely. <laughs> Chad, did you want to add anything to that, Chad?
6: No. I mean, they both said everything that I would say, only better. So you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to. You know, I, I'm being facetious, okay, cool.
3: but I, I just I don't think that people understand just how far eroded our systems are. We forget that everything that we see at the top is coming from that our, our bedroom doors to our living room doors, out through the rest of society and from our church, even into yeah. our churches. And so there isn't any reform happening at those places. Yeah. And so we, we just want to be able to put and install something at the top and think that's going to fix it. And it's not. And every time I hear somebody talk about, um, like you did, Dr. Grant, Reformation, uh, Resistance and Reformation, you know, that's dealing with me. That's dealing with me. And we've we've levied so much of this at everybody else Mm -hmm. that we haven't taken any responsibility for ourselves. And, And that's where the repentance needs to start at. You know, what are we doing with our families? What kind of human beings are we putting into society? Are we putting into the culture? Who does, does my pastor have Bible to work with with my children as he's teaching? You know, do do my the, the employers out there, do they have work ethics already built inside of my children when they go to work, that yeah. they do honorable and ethical things there? That's right. What am I giving to society? There's no legal system that's going to be able to fix that alone. Yeah. And until we take the responsibility there, that's which right. I'm just being honest, it's always the hardest. Hardest thing to want to do because it requires the hardest amount of work because I've 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 helped accumulate to the problem. And when we can fix that, then I pray that God would give us the opportunity and and to be able to say, okay, your area of of dominion now is expanded beyond your home beyond your churches, now into your society. And so you've been faithful here. You'll be faithful out there as well. Pastor got his Bible open. I'm going to give you the last word, oh, Pastor. I
1: got a question uh, for George. Uh, okay,
2: you can ask him after want. the show.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. That's, that's well, I,
2: no, I was just, I, I mean, the image I got when, when, when Dr. Grant was talking in terms of, um, you know, make yourself indispensable, us, using the example of, of Booker T and, and so on, is, is um, make, you know, building what you want to see where you are. Mm. And and I, I was I was imagining, you know, if you've ever done a house project, you know, remodel or whatever and it's significant remodel, it's not just demo. Cuz if you just start Knocking down walls, Right.
3: Looking like, knock down the
2: wrong. Thing. <laughs> you're, 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 your
1: roof. It's gonna be negative eight outside and inside. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your roof's gonna fall on your <laughs> head, and your kids aren't gonna have a place to sleep. That's right. And so you have to, you have to be careful. You've got a plan. Wh- which wall are we gonna cut out? And you, you build another supporting That's wall, good. and you jack up the the foundation or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's, you, if you want to preserve the house. You've got to be careful where you do the demo and prepare for that. And then when you've got it in place, then you knock down the wall. Yeah. Um, and, and so um, And I, mm. was just, I was just thinking as, you, as we were all talking about you know, justice and, and so on, uh, I was thinking of 1 Corinthians 6. I mean, this is where, where, where Paul um, rebukes the Corinthians and says, there any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know you not that you shall judge angels, how much more things that pertain to this life. And it, it goes on a little bit further, but I'm, I'm thinking, you know, again, in, in the areas of, the, you know, we talk often about marriage, family, child rearing, we talk about business. But here's an example of even a, a, a faithfully functioning church uh, community mm-hmm. um, That's that Paul says, if if you're doing your job, um you ought to be able to eliminate a whole lot of of stuff that you don't you don't need to go to the unbelievers for and and maybe over time right. like 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 Dr. Mm-hmm. Graham was talking is you know the unbelievers here hey i, I don't know if i'm going to go to the regular court cuz You know that judge got appointed. You know whatever because she's
1: she's a lesbian. You know that's the (laughs) only DEI. Her
2: her only qualification is you know some DEI thing. And 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 I've been seeing the rulings that are coming out of there. And as as Dr. Grant said, it's not working. It's (laughs) it's, you know it's completely incompetent. And so unbelievers start saying, "Hey, I I heard that you guys adjudicate things. I heard you have counselors. I heard I heard you, you guys can help solve matters. And and then over time, you've built that supporting wall." And then eventually you get to the point where they're like, "Hey, changes the whole system. Maybe we don't need that anymore." Yep. Oh, and Dr. Yeah. Dr. See, that's Grant, this is that's a- exactly. Yeah. that's
4: exactly what Booker T. Washington had in mind when he said, "You know, his, his famous analogy: throw the bucket down where you are." What he was saying was, "Look, make yourself indispensable to your community, and those things that you are trying to reform or or even get rid of." Those things actually become irrelevant. Mm. They become irrelevant to the community because you have become indispensable to your community.
3: Mm.
1: You know, so Dr. Grant, Dr. Grant re- related to this. Um, how would how would you know where to use patience? How would you know? You know, to Toby's analogy, um, where do, what wall do you patient Always. with or, or whatever? Always, but but it, well,
3: you know, wow, for example, been
1: a Bible, huh? <laughs> You know, there's some places where you might just, like, act now in in your local community yeah. and, you know, make it happen. And there's other places where you maybe need a little more patience in that, you know, process, and that law, and that, you know, jail or whatever.
4: Yeah, patience and urgency are always balanced in a biblical worldview. There are certain things that you have to act on urgently and decisively. Uh, there are other things that take time. Uh Oftentimes, when we make unilateral decisions, we will make the wrong choice Mm -hmm. about about urgency or patience, which is why we've got to be in a community. We've got to be accountable. We've got to have other voices. We've got to have, you know, one of the beauties of a covenant is that in a covenant, everyone is responsible to someone and everyone is responsible for someone. So you have this web of relationships and working together. You can make wise decisions about what's urgent and what is something that we can be very patient about. Mm -hmm. I think Chad,
3: Chad, Chad, did you want to Did you want to jump in on that? I saw that. I heard you say something.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to say um, I love what Dr. Grant said about um, not everything has a political answer to it. I just love that, and I think that's kind of where I am in my own yeah. kind of political evolution. Um, because the reality is, you know, as we've seen in the black so-called black community in this country, uh, they were doing and implementing the things that Booker T. Washington was talking about, and were achieving the things they set out to achieve. If you look at the black household. Prior to the 1960s, you had three out of four black children growing up with both their mother and their father and the home. Uh, black men were more entrepreneurial than they are today. Um, you just had strong family structures and then something just switched uh, in the 60s, 70s, kind of that little pocket of time there. And so when it comes to understanding why that is, why this cultural shift, people like to look at everything except for the rhetoric of the civil rights movement. How do you go from your so-called leader telling you to cast down your bucket for you know, where you are and don't don't focus on who's discriminating and who's not discriminating against you? None of that matters. What matters is you making yourself indispensable, as Dr. Grant uh, eloquently put it. Uh, how do you go from that to someone who is, in a sense, um, using this kind of rhetoric, this kind of woe is me i'm being put up on by the system there's two americas you got blacks living in desperation and the black the negro can't find a job and the white people are living in land of, of plentiful flowing with milk and honey this does something to you psychologically mm. unfortunately when you begin to identify with grievance and victimhood uh and you you begin to in a sense let your hand off of the proverbial plow mm-hmm. and and you use those hands to then pick up a picket sign and, and demand that the government do something about your situation. Um, this is where we are, unfortunately, um, in in history. And so this whole concept of we are going to go to the government and they're going to do something about my situation, we are unfortunately conditioned to think this way by our public school system, this kind of Dewey in public school system okay. um, where we are, in a sense, pride from having a classical education where we understand the the true the good the beautiful and we have a more fluid way of looking at things and when you look at everything uh fluidly um you're more susceptible to social justice movements because you don't understand what is good what is true what is beautiful this and the third so anyway i I just love uh, what he had to say about um uh, not looking to politics for answers because the answer is not in politics.
3: Mm. Chad. And of course with
4: with Dewey that brings us right back to uh the Frankfurt school and Gramsci and right. uh, the Greenwich Village crowd and uh, Harry F. Emerson Fostick and all yeah. of the rest. So we, it's yeah. it's a full circle.
2: Mm. It seems like you know in all that what what you guys are saying is what we've done is collectively all of us black white even Puerto Ricans mm. we we have we have made the federal government indispensable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then
2: then we're shocked when we can't get them out of our lives.
3: Mm. Wow. Wow. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Gentlemen, Chad, Dr. Grant, A.D., thank you guys so much for joining us. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. This is very rich. Appreciate you guys. Bless you. you. All right. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations, we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions,
0: and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information.